Welcome to the Iron Society podcast, where we build men of God to become husbands and fathers that change the world. No man should have to struggle through life alone or lacking the tools they need to win and dominate life. Every week, we will bring you an inspiring and actionable conversation that will forge you into the man and leader God has called you to be. Welcome to the Iron Society. Welcome back to another episode of Iron Society Podcast with Nick Milligan and Cody Chapman. How's that for Nick? You did it good, right? dude. You did the intro. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> like, hey, why don't you do it? I'm like, sure, okay. <laughs> I do that. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Hey, so uh, we were talking. We were like, hey, what are we going to talk about today? You know, we've been kind of kicking some different things around. And one of the things uh, kind of came to mind was, you know, we've been doing this for a little while now. It's been a few months. It, 30, it was nine months. This will be 34 episodes. One a week. About. Like, we've we've missed a couple of weeks here and there. Yeah. it's It's been a good six months. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Anyhow, one of the things we kind of realized is like, you know, we've been able to share. You guys have gotten to know us a little bit, a little bit of tidbits here and there of our backstory and experiences and this and that. It's like, well, shoot, let's let's maybe dive into that a little bit more and kind of like let you guys see a little bit more of who we are. So yeah. I'm going to attempt to do my best Joe Rogan and uh, or Jocko Willing in <laughs> an interview. Cody Chubb. Yeah. I'm excited. He gave me this idea. About four and a half minutes. Yeah, we're like, let's just so. And I'm like, well, if you know how to do this really well, because you've heard, you listen to pretty much every Jocko podcast. But this is me, I don't know how to do anything well. Yeah, but you know how to ask questions. So, and I'm like, well, I can talk until the cows come home. Yeah. So, I'm, you guys can let us know and be like this. Yeah. If you ask the questions, I can I can talk and give you all the stories you want, buddy. Yes, yeah, so you can. So, we'll have to navigate that because some stories I don't know if everybody wants to know, but probably not. We'll yeah. figure it out. Probably not. It'll be good. Deaf. Okay. So, Let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? Tell me about your like home life when you were young, mm-hmm. like uh, pre pre teenager. Yep. Uh, parents. What your dad do? What your mom do? That type of thing. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, well, one of the things I always like to tell, like before I can talk about where I was born, which I was born March fourteenth, nineteen eighty six, and my social security, and my social security number and my dip card is. Um, I was born in La Mirada, California. La Mirada? La Mirada. Where, where is that near? Um, so if you basically go in from like Long Beach, like a 25-minute drive, okay. uh, that's pretty much where it is. Shit. Um, but yeah, born in Southern California. But before I was born, and I know I've told the story sometimes, you know, my mom got pregnant with me when she was 19. Um, and for my dad had agreed, like, we're going to go abort this baby. Um, so were they married at the time? No. Okay. They were not married. How old were they? Do you know? Uh, my mom was 19. Sorry. My dad was maybe 23, I think. Okay. Uh, maybe 25. Uh, but talking about the Lord. Nope. Okay. Nope. Check. Um, so yeah, she decided and she made the appointment to go get it done and everything. And she was sitting there in the, um, office waiting to get back to board me. And she said, and I quote, she told me this was like 14. Uh, she said, something told me to get up and walk out. Uh, and so she was like super nervous and, but she got up and walked out and as she was exiting the door, um, they called her name to go back and she just looked back and kept walking. Mm. Um, so that's why part of my code, 
you know, is I'm a son of God born with a purpose that cannot be stolen from me. Um, cause like the devil tried to steal my purpose before I ever had a shot. Yep. <laughs> and Lord, like, uh, uh-uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to say this one. Yeah. Uh, not to say God does intentionally doesn't save others, but, um, I was, I'm gosh, God's favor was on me since I was before I was born. So, but I always have to tell that story with, with the old we're not born thing. Cause that's a, not everybody has that story. No. And that's a, that's a, that's a big part of mine that, um, part of what I love about the story is a lot of times in life we can, we can always kind of chalk up some things to like our own ability, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, God did this, but I, I played a role in it too. Jitter. And that's like the ultimate, like you had it zero to do it. And it's like, this was all the Lord's hand mm-hmm. protecting you. Yeah. You know, like I had quite literally no ability to help myself. Yeah. So I love that. Cause I mean, it, it truly is like, the most boiled down salvation story in a, in a sense that maybe not salvation, but just a, a picture of it. Oh man, oh. how God, it's just a gift, right? Yes. It's just, you can do nothing uh, to save yourself. Exactly. Yep. You had no part to play and yet he did it anyway. Yep. And did it, you know, was yeah, sufficient and uh, just amazing. Yeah. So, but yeah, growing up, um, man, growing up, I have a brother that's two years younger than me. He lives in Idaho. Um, really cool dude. We are like complete opposites in so many ways. Mm. And like normal brothers, like, I mean, we can both only be around each other for so long before we want to wring each other's neck. Uh, I would totally win. Well, yeah, absolutely. I'd win. Jake, you're listening to this. I love you, but you know, I could whoop you. Um, yeah, we grew up two years apart, grew up in Southern California. Um, opposites out. I, it, it almost every way imaginable. Okay. Um, uh, so like we're the, and he was the, so I'm, you know, the almost six foot brown haired, extremely good looking one. Um, <laughs> and, and hair? How was that? And, yeah, where he saw his hair is that, um, but I mean, he's like five, seven, blonde hair, blue eye, you know, All right. like, All right. look, com- I mean, he, he kind of got the same parents. He got like the Jalan German side from my dad and I got the brown haired, hazel eyed Mexican side from my mom. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, growing up, I mean, my dad, my dad, like. I mean, he worked graveyard swing shifts. His he did shift work at a chemical plant okay. uh, for plastics, and so he was working all the time. So I was, I mean, I feel like I have, I felt like I spent a lot more time with my mom than my dad growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, one cool thing about my dad, like growing up, and this was it was crazy. Now I think about it because it's so much of my personality. Um, when we would, he would take me on like Saturdays when he was off, we'd go to the swamp meet, walk around. We'd never buy anything. Okay. So we were like, I, I would guess we were probably lower middle class. Okay. Uh, just from kind of looking back and knowing like what we did and did not. That was his way, but wasn't, wasn't making. Yeah. Things. And for, for a large part of my childhood, my mom was a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. And then when we got a little older, she worked at our school actually, which okay. was good and bad. Um, but he would take me, he would take me to swap meets on Saturdays. We'd walk around swap meet, never buy anything, but just look at cool stuff, you know? And then he would always take me to some like hole the wall burger joint. And we would always have burger and fried eating contests to where it was like, who could finish faster? You know? And obviously he always would me. I remember the first time I beat it too. <laughs> Swear to God, I almost like choked on my burger and fries to be my dad. Um, might be why I eat so fast now. Like lose that. But, uh, but I remember always driving around and since I was little, he was always playing like personal development, uh, like cassettes or CDs. Really? Like the first one I can remember is a guy named, uh, Marshall Silver. Okay. He's like, I mean, he was like when Tony Robbins first got started, this guy was kind of in the mix with everything. Okay. And he was all about like subconscious programming, all this stuff. 
Um, so I think that's where kind of like that seed got planted for like development, like universal mm. development when I was younger. Well, Nick told me he was, he was a bodybuilder too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, my dad was, oh my God, like some of the pic, I mean, there's pictures of me in my diaper when I'm like, like Caleb's age, like 18 months, mm -hmm. like holding on to like going down, trying to grab his big old like hundred pound dumbbells. You know, my dad was Jack. Um, still I wouldn't mess with him because no, right. he, he, I mean, he doesn't lift as heavy anymore, but he, I mean, he's always at the gym. Nice. Um, so he got me definitely from a young age, like my, well, and, it, and, it, you know, sit like on the table in our house. It wasn't like car magazines, like, you know, some kids grew up with or yeah. the better homes and gardens. Cause my mom never really did that stuff. Yeah. It was men's fitness, men's health, muscle mag, okay. flex. Like those are all the magazines I remember. So like, um, Michael Hearn, like all these guys that are like praying their, you know, fifties now, mm -hmm. um, like all these dudes, I grew up with them, like seeing them in magazines and all that stuff when I was a kid too. Um, so that was probably how I got so into just program for lifting and everything. Yeah. Dad had a decent boats on yet. Uh-huh. Some ways. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, whole life growing up though, I mean, was my parents like uh, fought all the time. Mm -hmm. Like it was very, um, very volatile in our home when we're growing up. Um, I mean, most, most nights, if my dad was home, my mom was home, it was either cold shoulder and silence. And we just kind of sit there and watch TV awkwardly. Like I know mom and dad are not a ghoul right now. Mm. Or they were yelling and screaming and arguing. Mm. Um, so those were the two, those are the two modes of my house. Or if we ever had a barbecue, cause my dad loved cooking. Um, if we had a barbecue, everything was good. Cause my dad was, you know, pounding, mm -hmm. pounding beers, eating, yeah. grilling, yeah. some friends over, you know, um, but things were all good at that point. Sure. You know, till the friends, till the friends went out. Yeah. Yep. Till the friends went home. So yeah, um, grew up that way. Um, yeah, that's actually, so in middle school, um, is when I started going to church. My, my best friend from kindergarten, Jeff, who Luke's middle name, Luke Jeffrey. Okay. Jeffrey is from a best friend growing up. Um, Jeff by, he lives in Texas. Um, uh, now we talk every, on probably every six months when we update each other, um, who he actually married a girl that I dated right before him. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I just picked a good one for him, you know, <laughs> in good taste. Uh, uh, but yeah, so started going to youth group in middle school. Mm -hmm. And at this time I was also playing really good, like high level competitive soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, and started going to youth group and, um, it was interesting. And I told Ryo, our new pastor this the other day. I remember I went to youth group and it was the first time I ever got in youth group, mm -hmm. went back the second week and the youth pastor, Dennis, who I'm still in contact with till this day, right. um, he, the thing that like literally flipped a switch in me, I'm like, this is a, this is a different place. Uh, I came back the second week and he remembered my name. I walked in, he's like, Hey Cody. And I was like, you remembered my name? Never like to make, uh, underestimate the power of just remembering somebody's name, especially a young person. Right? Oh my God. The other side that that can have. Yeah. It's huge. It really is. Yeah, especially if they're in a home that they're kind of struggling, right? And they're yeah. not getting the attention and love that they're needed. If man, if, yeah, if you are able to remember a kid and like, especially it's something they're interested in too. Yeah. On top of it. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, this person that I like, I noticed, but yeah. I'm, I'm really, yeah, it's just me. You know I mean? It, it's the impact is amazing. Yeah. So this was the same church that I had been invited to since I was like in kindergarten with Jeffrey. Okay. Um, and it's so had known Jeffrey since you were in kindergarten. I knew Jeff. I've known Jeff since I was five. 
Okay. Yeah, since I was five. And so we've known each other for 32 years now. Um, and so I gave my life to the Lord originally when I was in third grade at like a kid's camp thing. Okay. Um, with Jeffrey. With Jeffrey. Okay. Uh-huh. And then, but since my parents didn't go to church and I played a lot of soccer growing up, uh, weekends were always at tournaments or games or whatever. So my, yeah. going to church was not a priority of our family, nor was it really a priority for myself when I was a kid. I mean, I was like yeah. in third grade. Sure. You know? Um, but as I started going to youth group, I was like, man, like I'd really like, that's when like, I really was like, man, I, I want to follow Jesus. And like, this guy's incredible. Like I'm, and I'm diving into the word at that point, reading tons of scripture. How old are you at this point? At this point, like 12, 13. Wow. Um, and that is when I started taking a very high interest in, like, I would see my youth pastor play guitar and sing. And at that point, I knew I could sing. I was in singing groups all growing up through uh, elementary school and middle school. Um, I knew I could sing. And so like, wow, they sing here. That's cool. But I don't know how to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, maybe I could do this, you know? And so my dad had this really old guitar from like that he bought off like some midnight infomercial, like something <laughs> that he, I, I remember he had it tucked in his uh, like closet. It was for him. It was for him. Okay. Yeah. He never used it. It was just sitting yeah. there. And I was like, one day after going to youth for a few months, I said, dad, can I, can I start learning the guitar? And he took me to one guitar lesson and it was a terrible experience. Mm. I walk in, I want to learn how to like play guitar. And, and, just they, and they start talking about like the history of guitar. Oh, and gosh. I'm like, I'm here to play the guitar. I don't care where it came from. I want to play the stupid thing. 12, 13. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm not going back there. And so the way I learned how to play guitar was my youth pastor said, I don't have, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty busy. I don't have time to just give you guitar lessons, but here is the music. Those letters above the words we're singing are they called chords. Watch my hands, memorize where it is, go home and practice. I was like, wow. Okay, cool. So, and at this point, I mean, it's where they're playing like, our God is an awesome, you know, showing like all, all those songs, yeah. you know, uh, Jesus, lover of my soul, right? Just bangers. Yeah. Um, so I'd go home. And I would, in, I would remember, I would try to write down, like I would write six strings and I would write where I think his fingers are. And, yeah. And then I would go home and I would sing it and like learn how like, my fingers are hurting. My, like they're not moving right. Yeah. And I would learn, I, I was, I taught myself how to play guitar by watching his fingers and going home and practicing. Wow. And the, what's crazy. And this is why, like, I mean, it's such a cool, like kind of way I got started, but the thing, the, the the time when worship became so um, a part of, I don't, I don't think it's a part of my dad. I mean, I'm a worshiper, you know, we're all worshipers, but the reason it became such a gift to me personally was because, you know, like I said, growing up, my parents were always fine. Sure. Right. So when I finally started to learn enough songs, when my parents would be fighting, yelling and screaming in the other room, I would walk into my room, grab my guitar Mm. and start singing worship songs. Mm. And it was like a way that I would like cope with the chaos around. Yeah. Um, and not, not very many people know that now everyone to listen to this. And now you know that exactly. You sure you were. Oh, have I sure? Okay. Um, but that's like, that's was part of the way that like my heart for worship got born was like in the middle of chaos. Yeah. I can hear yelling and screaming in the other room. I'm sitting over in my room, worse than God. Yeah. You know? Um, so then one day my youth pastor, um, my friend dad got murdered when I, we were in freshmen in high school. 
Actually, no, we were in eighth grade, not Jeffrey, different kid. Not Jeffrey, different kid, check. Uh, eighth grade, like, to youth group with you? Yeah. Okay. And I went to school with him and everything. Okay. Eighth grade, my friend's dad got murdered at a truck stop because he was a trucker. Um, he was actually trying to defend a girl that was getting uh, assaulted, and the guy stabbed him in the heart. Um, he killed him. And so that friend's dad rode Harleys, and my youth pastor also rode Harleys. So one of the things he would do every few weeks is go to my buddy's house um, and take his dad's motorcycles out for a spin because apparently, like, you keep know, to keep him running physically. Sure. Yep. And one day he was crossing the street and a driver ran a red light and hit him while he was on his motorcycle and, and in the hospital he goes, ends up being in the hospital for months, getting his leg, he had to get his leg amputated from the knee. Your youth pastor. My youth pastor from Whoa. the knee down. During that time, because he was the worship leader. Yeah. Um, now, like the assistant uh, youth pastor at the time, um, Eric Atherton, who again, I still stay in contact with, um, he was like, we need someone to lead worship for middle school and high school. And me, Jeff, and my little buddy Dave had all started to learn, you know, music. Did you watch his fingers closely enough? Yeah. Well, so Dave was the drummer. Dave was the drummer. Jeff played bass. And they were trying to figure out anyone could lead worship. And I'm like, well, I had already tried it some. Like I sat behind them while they're doing worship and just played in the background. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'll give a shot. Nice. And so, um, yeah, I started leading worship for middle school and high school. And I was like eighth grade. And uh, that all three of us, and then some other buddies joined that were a part of our youth group. We started playing a lot through high school, like weekly. And then we started playing for camps, retreats. And then after high school, we started traveling around and leading worship. Okay. So that's all I got. Yep. Started leading worship for camps, conferences, conventions, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Until like we, we were about to get signed to uh, the same, I forget what record label it was, that Mercy Me was on. Um, how to Canelo? I don't see it was too. I know somebody else. Might have been Integrity or something. I remember? Yeah, I'm back to that. <laughs> yeah, but we had just released our EP. And what was the back call? Come up, come home. Yeah. How'd you guys go with that? Oh man, I remember sitting on couches with my buddies for hours. We could not figure out a, a name, dude. Like we could not figure out. Someone's mom call. Hey, need to come home now. And you're like, yeah, that's it. No, anyway, well, I, uh, I think, I think what I think. If, I, if memory serves me right, um, we were talking about how ultimately our home is with the Lord and in his presence. Okay. And so, and we'll be worshiping him for the rest of eternity. And so anytime that we are worshiping the Lord, it's even here on earth, it's a brief glimpse of going home. Like it's where we're going to end up. And so like, that's what we like. And this is post high school at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We were, gosh, we were like just out of high school. Okay. Yeah. So you play competitive soccer through middle school and high school? Uh, most of high school. I quit when I was a sophomore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then the band thing kind of took over. It sounds like yep. not so much sports anymore. Mm -hmm. Didn't wrestle. Uh, I In high school. So I, I did not play. I didn't play soccer in high school because my competitive schedule was so rigorous mm -hmm. that I didn't have time for high school sports. And the, the level that I played at was significantly higher than high school sports. So I didn't want to go play. My coach even told me, I don't want you playing with players that you're 10 levels above. It'll make you worse. Gotcha. Uh, you were in like a legit league, not not just high school or middle school yeah. soccer. Yes, so it was a competitive league. Very competitive. Yeah, I, I mean, I was. we were at tournaments. We had scouts for like the LA Galaxy. It was an MLS team coming and looking at us and stuff like that. Um, so it was very high level soccer. So sophomore year, you quit that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I played football. Okay. First three years. Okay. Um, 
I wrestled for three years. I played volleyball for three years. Yeah, and those were my high school sports. Football, wrestling, volleyball. What did you like the most? I liked volleyball the most. Yep. Yeah. Um, wrestling was real. I, ah, gosh, wrestling was just so hard. Like, I'm con- like, if I think wrestling is the hardest sport you can play in high school that you can participate in mm-hmm. um, because you are playing with a team, but you are an individual. You can, you, you compete as an individual. Sort of. Um, you contribute to the team's score yeah. at large, but it's individual. And dude, wrestling's hard. like, I mean, having to cut weight in high school and being strong and like all it, it is, it is hard. Oh, yeah. You can, in other, in other sports, you can kind of get by a little bit. I track would be the other one that I would say, like it has a similar feel to it. Sure. Cause you're competing at an individual, but team level. Mm-hmm. So I think I enjoyed volleyball the most. Uh, volleyball was the one that I was the least good at being picture. Like my Jeff, I mean, my buddy, Jeff, I mean, he did, he, he's, he was like a stud follow player, taller, uh, a little bit taller, but just good. He was just good. Yeah. Um, so it was fun watching him go on and be really successful at volleyball. What position do you play in football? Uh, so I started as a fullback. Okay. Um, for that, I didn't play football growing up at all. I watched it, but I didn't, I just watched it. My parents weren't super into sports. And so I had no idea what positions were. I knew there was a guy that threw the ball. There was a guy that caught the ball. There was a guy that, and the guy that ran the ball and everyone else was just kind of there to tackle me. Yeah. That's all bad. But that's what I knew about football. And no, I kid you not. It's the Adam Sandler movie. Just make sure they Water sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, water boy. That's it. Yeah. And, and growing up, like literally I thought, I thought this about basketball and football in particular. I'm like the team who scores first wins because they just go back and forth scoring. So whoever scores first is going to have the most points. Gotcha. Uh, that, that's how little I knew about sports growing up. Whoever scores first is the winner it's because they go back and forth scoring literally. Yeah. Um, so my coach, he's like, yeah, we're going to, you know, at the, I think my freshman year, I was maybe like five ten. Uh, so I, I had grown a lot early and then didn't grow a ton through the rest of high school. Like I sprout really fat, a lot early. Mm-hmm. So I'm only five eleven right now. So like I've pretty much been this height. What were you weighing in, in high school? Oh, just five ten. You, you hit. I well, So I remember my first year of wrestling when I was a freshman, I was wrestling one eighty ones. Okay. So we're about like one eighty. Remember what you graduated at? I think same. Okay. Yeah. Um, so even my coach goes, you're going to be a fullback. And I'm like, what's that? Cool. Like, I appreciate that. What's that? He goes, oh, cool. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> He's like, so you're going to stand in front of the running back. And he literally, here's, this is exactly what he told me to do. You're going to learn what hole you're supposed to run through or around who you're supposed to go. Yeah. And the first person you see that's not wearing uniforms, love hit him as hard as you can. Yeah. And I was like, easy, sounds dude. Great. Sounds awesome. <laughs> um, and so uh, that was cool. I, I did that my part of my freshman year. And then later on, they started seeing how I could block and catch the ball. And so they're like, well, you're tall and you could, you're fast. So we're going to switch you to tight end. Sure. And so um, I played tight end the rest of my football uh, career. Because at that point, other guys started just like, I don't know. I don't know if they were on something or what, but they were just, our school had some beefy boys. Like man, children. Yeah, and so they're like, and so walking around by ten at one eighty, that's pretty decent size as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, I know compared to me, 
Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. But you're saying you got you had guys bigger than you in your dude. There were dudes that like I swear to you, they're like, I, they were like six one, six two, two hundred and sixty, two hundred seventy pounds of like whoa, but shredded. Really? Yes. Like I, I don't know if there's something in the water in Southern California or what, but these dudes were big boys. I mean, one of the guys I played football with won. He went won national championships in wrestling. Or no, sorry, he got second place two years in a row. Rather and it, I mean, the guy was just, he would manhandle people mm. and he played, he was one of the guys who played fullback. Yeah. Like the, the guy was abs, an absolute monster. My, um, yes. Yeah. So, and high school was fun. I mean, I is at some point, I mean, I was playing sports, but I got a job when I was 15. I got a work permit when I was 15 and a half. Yep. And I started, I started working pretty early doing what, uh, <laughs> so my first job I got hired for was at Jamba Juice. Okay. But then my, the guy who hired me because I was bigger for my age, he thought I was older than I was. He like kind of skipped over my age thing. Um, and so I went in for the first day at Jamba Juice. He's like, hey, so yeah, you have to be 16 per company and policy. As you rode your bike here. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be 16 per company policy. Um, so you can't work here for six months. But at, when you turn 16, come back, you can have a job. Too fun. Um, I was like, wow, I was so pumped to work at John Medjuda, yeah. you know, just with like my, like the health background that I grew up with, you know, with like lifting and my dad, he was like super into health and fitness. I'm like, dude, I'm working at a freaking fruit smoothie bar where I can eat protein shakes all day. Yeah. This is, this is sick. <laughs> um, and then after that, uh, I was like, well, why are we going to work now? And I put a bunch of applications in places and, and having my first, I got up my first job at a Hallmark card store. You're kidding. Not kidding at all. I sold beanie babies to old grandmas and scanned cards for people buying, you know, those cards. Uh, dude, the amount of grandmas that I had that were like, oh, do you have a girlfriend? I have a granddaughter. Uh, the amount of freaking conversations that I had that were like, you should meet my granddaughter. Um, oh my gosh. It was, it was so much. Um, but yeah, I worked there for maybe six months. And then after that, I hopped over and took jump back your Jamba Juice. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, worked there for, I worked there for a few years. Okay. And then right up for a car. Uh, yeah. Got a car. My first car was like a nine. Well, my first car nah, was a 1966 Ford Mustang. No kidding. That was my first car. My, my 69 for my first. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was 66 Mustang. My grandma gave that, my Nana gave that to me on my 16th birthday. I don't know. I didn't have my license on my 16th birthday. So I sat in our driveway for like six months before I got a license. Um, and then day, day one, dude, day one of getting my license. No, he didn't. I, I get my license, put my surf racks. Cause I grew up, I surfed a lot when I was a kid, put my surf racks on. My brother and I hopped in the car, drove out to the beach, surf. Came back and on the way back, um, all of a sudden it sounded like you remember remember you ever stick a card in your spoke mm -hmm. when you were a kid and like that sound? Yep. All of a sudden, that sound started coming from under the hood. And get it towed to the house. You know, I had a Frank over check it out, and they're like, Where's your oil in the car? Oh my goodness. I'm like, What are you talking about, dude? The car's just sitting here. He's like, did you check and see if it had any oil in it, dude? And my, again, my dad was, my dad was not in the cars or anything. I'm like, no, I didn't even look for a freaking oil in it. 
Um, I blew like two of the pistons. Mm. Uh, so day one of getting my freaking license, I blew my engine and didn't have a car. So I got a quick surf in, blew it on the way back. Yeah, which is, dude, talk about like anticlimactic. Hey, real quick, I want to take a second and invite you to join the Iron Society Forge. Listen, if you want to grow as a man of God, you want to grow as a husband and have a great marriage, you want to grow as a father, you want to grow in every single way as a man of God, the Iron Society Forge is where you need to be. So to learn more and to sign up, go to ironsociety.co slash join to learn more and to sign up. <laughs> Just so terrible. Oh my gosh. And then like six months later, I ended up getting like a 1980-something Toyota Cressida. So you didn't keep the, the staying? No, I ended, up, shot. I, ended, so you... I ended up selling like 500 bucks to a friend who had uh, like fully restoring it. Yeah. And then I saw it a few years later after the story and I was like, oh, mm. that's what that could have been? Uh, oh man. Uh, but again, I wasn't super into cars. So I was like, I just want something to get me around. You should get me out of the freaking house. So Cressida was the choice. Yeah. Cressida's <laughs> eventually turned into the Camrys. Okay. So it was a, it was a luxury a wild old car. It was a luxury. It had power everything. Thank you. Um, AC for SoCal. Dude, AC, power seats, power windows. Great. I put a good sound system in it. It was sure. sick. Um, yeah. So, and then when I, after I, after I graduated, I got a job at a local coffee shop called It's a Grind. That it was like one of the fastest growing chains. Uh, it was it was a rad job. I was the only guy that worked at my coffee shop. I just worked with a bunch of girls, um, and it was cool. It was cool. Like working the coffee shop was rad. It probably was like my first intro to like loving coffee. Yeah, um, I mean, years later, you ended up starting your own coffee company. Right. So, yep, this is where the it began. Yeah. Well, my love for specialty coffee happened when I moved to Washington. That was like when I was like, this is coffee. Um, but then I had I had that job in tandem with I became a train personal trainer at LA Fitness when I was 18 and a half or so. Um, so I would go work coffee in the morning and then head on over to the gym and work like afternoon evening being a trainer. Nice. And then had that job until the Lord told me to move to Washington. Shut. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get there? So you're 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 tur touring. Is that a fair yeah. term? Yeah, they're out playing gigs yes. with your band. Yeah, and your bands. What what type of music are you playing? Like, what's what's the? So um, we when we wouldn't play places, we would basically take worship songs and add like new fresh things to them. So it was like the same songs, but you're like, dude, this is way cooler. You know, um, you put it in your own style. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, but um, I, have you ever heard our old album? No, dude, I'll try to, I have a copy. I'll pull, we have to go in the van though. Cause the van has a CD player. Um, <laughs> yeah. But one of the, one of the songs that like, it was a banger I wrote called take me back. It was sick. Dude. Okay. It was sick. So you were writing stuff too. Yeah. Okay. We wrote a lot of songs. Um, but that song, everybody as they were listening to it, they're like, is this mute math? Oh. Because one of my favorite bands growing up was mute math. One of the best bands ever. Yeah. And so, I mean, there were, it, dude, it, everyone that listened to it was like, because we had like the electronic tracks in them when they first started coming out. Like, I mean, this is like 2004, 2005. Sure. We were, we were adopting that stuff early. Nice. Um, but yeah, we had a, we had a very mute mathy type of feel because all of us love mute math, Jimmy world. Okay. Um, like, you know, it's like the emo, like, you know, rock stuff. So oh, there was a lot of influence in that. Sure. Uh, but everybody always has always said, 
that uh, when I sing, I sound the most like Chris Tomlin because like everyone has always said that uh, because growing up, the first worship album I got as a gift from Jeff was the first passion album that ever came out. Okay. And Chris was on that album a ton. Gotcha. And I just listened to it so much that I started singing like him kind of. Mm. Um, I don't think I sound a hundred percent like him, but people were like, dude, there's so much about the way you sing that sounds like Chris Tobin. Mm. Like, well, one of the best worshipers of all time. So I want to be converted. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so school's over. Yep. You've got, you're working at LA fitness. Yep. And the other gig, uh, it's grand. Coffee shop. Right, it's the coffee shop. Yeah. So you're getting cabinets. You can go work out. Heck yeah. Train people. Exactly. You it. You're, you're pretty happy about things. Life is good. S- coffee, lifting weights and surfing. Going to surf. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Taking the crust of the death to surf. Heck yeah. Put oil in it. Yes. <clears throat> Learn that lesson. Actually, I ended up blowing that into two. Oh my gosh, couch. Chapman. Yeah, I did. I On the way back, my friend started dating this chick in Carlsbad, and he didn't have a car, so I drove him down there, and he would hang out with his girlfriend while I would just like cruise around, and on the way back one night from San Diego, I blew the engine. Yeah. However, though, after that is when I bought my first Forerunner, and that was my the start of my fascination with Toyota Forerunner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are hard to... Have not blown an engine since, though. That's good. That's yeah. good. A little support. I found that out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Awesome. So, got the jobs, got the car, mm-hmm. you're touring with your band, yep. playing gigs. Where where does it go from there? So, you, you're post high school. Yep. What what happens? What what brings you? You mentioned Washington. Yeah. So what what took you to Washington? So, the person that I always mention, like my mentor, or like my spiritual father, John Kobler, uh, his college group hired a band to come in and we'd worship for something they were doing. Okay. We went there. And he was originally from Southern California. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Uh, so we go play and it was like, I kind of had like that, like that first experience I had with the youth group. I had that experience here in this college group. It was like, I was like, dude, this place is cool. Like, I really like the vibe here, like the feel. And like when John preached, I was like, dude, this guy is like spitting fire. Nice. It's just this such a good communicator. And so I ended up coming back to the call, that college group uh, a couple weeks later. like, And I started going there consistently. And then I think it was on a recent uh, episode where I mentioned, said, John asked me a question that like changed the trajectory of my life. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, and I also said, I started hanging out there just, you know, regularly. Um, he, this was behind where the college met. We were just walking, we ate some tacos around the corner. Um, and came back and we're, we're literally, I can remember it. Like it's like freaking yesterday. It's like a beige painted stucco building. We were right by a glass door and he's kept where he kind of finished tacos. He's sitting there and he just goes, so what's your deal, dude? Cause at this time I'd been in a relationship with a girl for a couple of years. That was like super terrible. Skiing with her current. Yes. Uh, yeah. But it was like an off and on thing. And it was just a physical thing. Like. There was so much, like, manipulate. Like, he was so bad, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew about that. I told him about that. Mm-hmm. But he knew, like, okay, so you're, like, in this really toxic relationship. But, and you're, like, sleeping with this girl. And then, but you're also, like, a worship leader. Like, and he just looks at me and goes, like, dude, what's your deal? Yeah. You ready to grow up, dude? It, and that's, that's exactly. Because my dad hadn't really, I mean, yeah. like, my dad, like, he was a hard worker. Like, man's man as far as, like. I'm going to put my head down and just do whatever the heck is necessary. Yeah. Uh, but I'd never like had a man in my life that was like, dude, grow up, you know? And at this point I'm like 20, almost 21. Okay. Um, 
he's looking at me like, what's your deal, dude? Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? And then he went into this whole thing. It's like, I see this, I see this, I see this, I see this. And when I see all of that, it, it's not going to add up to anything good, dude. Mm -hmm. Um, like, are you going to like follow the Lord or are you going to quote, follow Jesus, but do whatever the heck you want? Right. Uh, because that's what I was doing yeah. at the time. It was for yourself. Yeah. Yep. And it was like at that moment that I was like, just smacked in the face with like, dude, you're just like living for yourself and, and like kind of using Jesus as an accessory to your life. Sure. Because it's kind of cool amongst your circle of friends. Right. And it was that, it was that question that made me really realize like, dude, I, it's not like I'm a terrible, nasty, like drug addict partying all the time, but like everything in my life was not adding up to what it was kind of looking like on the outside. So that's when I was just like, dude, okay, I got to start, I got to start getting crap in order. Cause I don't, I don't have anybody else that's teaching me this stuff. Yeah. You know, challenging me this way. Yeah. And so I started hanging out at the offices more, all of that, you know, that's when I went down in hours from being a trainer. Um, and I was hanging out with him. Okay. And at one point he, he looked at me, I think it was like in November. He said, Hey, um, pulled me his office one day when I was at the church and said, uh, Hey, would you ever like move to another state? Like, would you ever move? Uh, what's, what are your, what are your thoughts about that? I was like, no way, dude. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. Like I got, I got a girlfriend here. I got the band, my band's about to get signed. Like I, dude, I got everything. Like I, I, right. I want right now. And he was like, okay, cool. And three months later, uh, he announced that he and Fawn were moving to Washington to this church of living water to go be the children's pastors. And it was a big blow to me mm. because at, up until that, I'd known him for maybe six, nine months at that time. And we got really close, spent a lot of time together and I've really respected it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, Oh gosh, this sucks. Like I felt like the, my life had started to kind of go in the right direction. And then now the man that was helping lead me there is leaving and it's, you had found your guide. Yes. And you, you, you needed a guide. Yes. A hundred percent. So you're like, well, crap, how am I going to find my way? Yep. And it was, I, I just kind of started spiraling. Uh, like I started, um, that is when I started going out and partying and because interesting. Mm -hmm, it was like, well, she, if this guy's not going to be here, like, I'm just going to go back to what was fun. And I call that there's a period of time I call my dark ages. Um, and I won't go into all the nasty details, but it was, it was not good. Mm. Um, and then about a, maybe a month after that, like, I really felt like the Lord told me like, you need to, you're, you, you need to move to Washington mm. and, and you need to continue to basically submit yourself to John. And I fought so, so, so hard. And one night at college group with the, we were, we in the middle of worship, uh, the new college pastor gets up because John had moved already. Right. This guy had no idea what was going on in my head of my life. No idea. Because okay. after this, I'm like, I'm not going to trust myself to it. Like, I'm not sure to trust and build this relationship because I don't want this person to just get moved. Yeah. I felt kind of abandoned. Um, and he's like, I think I have a word. Like, the Lord just gave me a word for somebody. Um, which, I mean, you know, I grew up in Pentecostal charismatic churches where this was normal. Sure. And he says, God is telling somebody here that you need to go but you've been resistant to it and God wants you to know you just need to go. Hmm. And I, 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 I mean, it just, I broke. Yeah. I, mean, I broke. I was like, Holy, it, this was the first time that, uh, like somebody had gotten like a prophetic word and said something about it. And it was like, dude, are you in my head right yeah. now? Yeah. Um, and so the next morning I called John, I was like, Hey, I'm moving to Washington. 
And he and his response, I swear to you, dude, he goes, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? No. He's like, the Lord told me months ago that you were supposed to move to Washington with me. And that's why I asked you what I asked you back in November. Um, but he said, it, what a Yoda move, bro. You know what I mean? So Yoda. John. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Dude. Like, seriously. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. What a Yoda move. It was, yeah, it was balling, dude. And, uh, I know, I know. And I was like, my God. Um, and he's like, he, so was, uh, he said, I know you, the Lord told me you needed to move with me, but I, I also knew that this had to be your choice with following the Lord and hearing from the Lord. Because I knew that if I would have told you to move with me, you would have done it. And I needed this to be your decision. Yeah. Um, that's what I mean by the Yoda Hunters, right? That he didn't just be like, hey, bro, you need to move Yep, with me. I'm going. You're coming with. Like, And because he was your guide at that time, you need to follow up. Yep. Right? Like, you trusted him. You were all in. Yep. But for him to have the wisdom to go, Cody needs to hear from the Lord himself yeah. on this. Yeah. And to this day, I mean... He's one of the very few people that if he says, like, gives a thumbs up or a thumbs out or something, I will almost blindly follow him um, because I trust him that much. And I know like his ability to hear from the Lord and his discernment is so incredibly high. Mm-hmm. Like if he says yes, no, or, or wait, um, I will literally be like, it, 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 it is like a settled issue if he says yes, no, or wait sure. uh, for anything. Uh, so... Gosh, went home, told my parents. That was not good. Uh, my parents- 21? 21 at this point. Okay. Yep. I went home and told my parents, hey, I'm- I still living at home. Still living at home. Okay. Yep. And I just went and told them, say, hey, I'm moving to Washington. And they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, God told me to go to Washington. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to go to the same church that John um, is going to. And they knew, they knew John. My uncle had died uh, like months previous and I jumped, but our family didn't know any, or the rest of my family didn't know any pastors. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know a pastor? I was like, John could do it. John did my uncle's funeral. Um, and they they knew John had, like he was a certain position in my life. Yeah. And so they understood part of it, but they were not, I mean, obviously, right? I mean, they, they out of nowhere get blindsided with hand moving to Washington. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was fighting and arguing with my parents because they were just pissed. And I was like crying mm-hmm. because I'm like, I, at this point, like my parents aren't believers, you yeah. know, and I'm trying to follow the Lord and it makes no sense to them. Right. And so it was like, I was, so, I was so conflicted inside because I'm like, I don't want to piss you off. But like, at the same time, like I have this relationship with God that you don't understand or have. And there is, I have to follow him, whatever it means. Uh, and my dad literally like went on this rant. He's like, um, you're going to give up everything you have going with your band, your relationship with this girl you've been in, blah, blah, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, yes, I'm giving it all up. Mm. I'm giving it all up to follow, to follow God. And, and I ne- I'll never forget his spot. I'll never forget where I was standing. I remember his back was to the kitchen. I was in the living room, right? There was a little like island right here. I remember exactly where I was freaking standing. I, I remember the color of the freaking blind. Yeah. Um, and a computer was right here. Um, and he said, take God out of this equation. Do you make the same decision? That's what he asked me. Interesting. And I looked back at him. And I said, God, dad, I can't take him out of this decision. Like, that's not how I'm living my life. Right. All of my decisions are based on the fact that following this God, I can't see. Yep. And if I take him out, no, it doesn't make any sense. Sure. It doesn't make any sense. Yep. 
but I can't, I can't do that. Like I, I am not at liberty to do that. You can, I can't. And that was pretty much the end of the conversation. Cause as soon as that, that, as soon as that hammer got dropped, where I was like, no, I, I will, I, yes, you win. You take God out of, out of this decision. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But I can't do it. It's, 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 it's a really interesting question that he posed because on one hand, like he thought he was going to win with that tactic. He did. Right. 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 Wrong. Right. <laughs> but what, yeah. what's, but probably didn't expect that response. Response. Yes. What's so beautiful about it is to the unbeliever, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Right. right? Like yeah. it's so, so foreign. Yeah. For us to be subservient, if you will, to this thing you can't see, right? There's this thing called faith that has to be used. Yep. You know, and, and, you know, as the Christian believes, like the Holy Spirit's alive and well in us. Yep. And so we're leaning into that. And, and yet to the, to the outside world, we're crazy. 100%. Right. Dad does not understand. And you, there's nothing that could probably make him understand. No, but same time, your obedience to the God, you know, Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit was honored that day. Yeah, right. Like yep. you, you planted your flag, you stood your ground, and goes, no, this is, this is what I believe. This is the decision I'm making. Yep. As as a young man, yep. right? Oh yeah, coming up, you know, standing up. To his dad in a sense, right? Yeah, like it was absolutely that. You're wrong. I believe this. I love you, but I'm going. Yeah. Like and it wasn't even, I wasn't even trying to tell me he was wrong. Sure. Sure. I wasn't even like, dad, you're wrong. It was just like, I mean, at the time I was reading this, um, this book and that Johnny gave me and I, it was part of what was talking about Moses. And one of my favorite verses is in Hebrews 11, where it's talking about like Moses could have chosen to like enjoy all this stuff, right? Being a part of this one, this one kingdom. But he's a, it, the verse says, uh, he forsook all of that to chase that which is invisible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that was a, I have it written in one of my Bible. It was probably the same blue Bible you see Luke carrying around sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I'll find it and I'll, it's in there somewhere. Sure. Uh, but literally, I wrote down in that when I was reading that, um, I, I wrote down chasing the invisible. Uh, because that's what I felt like I was doing in that yeah. in my life was I was chasing this God that I couldn't see this future. I did not know about, yeah. but I knew, I just knew in my bones that like, he's a good father. He has good things for me. And while it doesn't make any sense to me, um, I'm a, I'm gonna follow with the, and the beautiful thing. I went and talked to Jeff, Dave, Dan, Justin, uh, that yeah, we, van to bring up with the band. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just on the verge of getting signed to us record labels. So they, everybody's pumped. Yeah. Right. And I remember I, I can, I took, we went out to Chili's, right. That was right across from the Jamba Juice I worked at and we're eating our blooming onion. And I'm like, Hey, I got, I got news for you guys. Um, and I'm like, uh, I'm moving to Washington. And they're like, wait, what? What'd you say? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving to Washington. Like <laughs> literally Jeff was like, so how are you going to come back to play then? Right. Like that's really far. Yeah. Uh, good work. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I, 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 I'm done. Don't think it's cool. Yeah. I'm done. And I'll never forget it, dude. Like all of them looked back. And I remember Dave was the one who said it. Um, he said, cool, man. Awesome. Um, 
if the band ceases to exist because you're falling bored, um, that's good by me because what basically we do is we lead people to Jesus in worship and how much of a hypocrite would you be standing on stage trying to lead people to follow Jesus and listen to him and obey him and you don't make this decision. Mm. So I'm proud of you. Mm. And I was like, rock and roll. Good dude. friend right there. That was a great friend, dude. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> and um, a couple weeks later, I was getting ready to move, had $500 in the bank account. And that one floor that I told you about uh, had a transmission problem. And did not, did not blow the engine, but I had a transmission problem and totally broke and um, spent 500 bucks to get it fixed. Was getting ready to drive to Washington. The day before I was going to drive to Washington after spending $500 to fix it, the same problem went out again. Ooh. So no money, no way to get to Washington. And this whole time I'm like, am I supposed to do this? Right. Am I supposed to do this? Right. Call John. Hey, John. Um, dude. Remember I was going to come up the other week and my car broke and I fixed it? Yeah. My car broke again, dude. And he goes, how much money do you have? Dude, I got nothing. Okay. Um, I'll call you back in like five minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so calls back. He goes, hey, dude, um, I need you to be at Long Beach Airport at 830 in the morning. And I was like, "What? why? He's like, I just bought your ticket. You're, you're, you're coming to Washington. Lunch. And so get on the airplane uh i literally had i mean a backpack with with a few shirts some shorts i mean i had my sandals on i had a pair of shoes and i think a computer in my back that's all i moved to washington um because i didn't have a car so where did you say where what was the job what was yeah what, so did you have anything lined up <laughs> as far as that front yes i knew okay. i was gonna I, I was going to have a bed at john's house okay that's all i knew okay and that i and then i knew i was gonna be working part-time as an intern uh, in the children's ministry. Okay. Um, overseeing a, something called the bus ministry. Um, so, but I had littered those buses. Was yeah. Waves on those buses? Yeah, dude. I put the airbrush those. Did you? On the vinyl and applied those. There you go. There Look at that. We acted early on. Yeah. Without knowing it. Yeah, we never knew it. Yeah. Uh, so, get on the plane and I'm sitting in the plane and at the time, I was super into like cigars and Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> And so they're like, you want something to drink? I was like, you got any Red Bull? They're like, yeah, there you go. And I was like, I had a card, right? But I'm like, oh, no, I had some cash. My, my parents gave me some cash. You got to pay for it. And they're like, oh, no, it's good. And I was like, <laughs> people complain about airplanes, dude. Like, this is sick. They came by a little later, gave me a meal. And I'm like, I could stretch my feet out and everything. And I'm like, dude, I don't know why people complain about flying. I have all the room I need. I got free food, free drinks. You were your coats. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until I didn't know until I got to Washington. This is your first flight. My first flight ever. You know, I'm 21 years old. Sure. I get there. I'm like, dude, John, why do you feel like I can play about flying? Dude, flying's awesome. Like you get free drinks and free food. And it's like actually way more. I mean, the, the videos I've seen, it looks closer, but I had all the room in the world. He goes, bro, I bought you a first class ticket, dude. It's just, I'm like. And he literally was like, I ruined you for flying for the rest of your yep. life. Just sitting there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, get up there. It's pissing rain when I get up there. And well, I mean, I get to go it out right off the bat. My, no dissolution. I there. moved there in June of 2007. Yeah, don't get nice till after, after so, July. So, I mean, I'm, I'm leaving sunny Southern California in my rainbow sandals, you know, <laughs> and I show up to just pissing rain, dude. From SeaTac down to Olympia. Yeah. I mean, 
I was, I kid you not, I was trying to look at the scenery on the five as we're drying. I can't even see anything nope. because it's just like dripping. So we get in town and cause I know I'm gonna do this bus ministry thing and they start driving me around to all these local trailer parks, like off of Martin and all okay. those ones right yeah. over by diner and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, this is where you are going to be picking up kids from bringing them to church, to church before we have our normal service. Hmm. And you're going to be putting on their own church service for the, these kids, because these kids are a little more rough. They come from really bad homes. And uh, whenever we try to integrate them with our normal children's ministry at services, they end up beating people up and getting in fights. Um, so we have a separate service for them where we give them food because most of them go days without eating. So I was in charge of like the misfit, dude. Like just the freakish thugs. Uh, I mean, these kids were bad with bone, dude. Um, I mean, there were fights even among that, yeah. you know. Uh, but I would go around to like, we would go all the way into Lacey with some trailer parks around different parts of Olympia onto the West side of like these other capital apartments. Yep. We pick kids up from like six different locations. Dude. Yep. We had like 30 kids or so every week, give them a meal. I preach a message to them when I was like 21 and but then we drop them off. Um, and that was like my first like dip in the toe of ministry is like, mm -hmm. Hey dude, you're going to start. You're going to preach the gospel to the thugs and the outcasts and like nice. the people that do not fit in with anyone else, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, well, also super important note, um, that before I moved God, the other thing that God had told me was when you move to Washington, I'm going to give you your wife. Okay. Um, and I was like, there's some motivation. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so when I eventually, after getting that little tour, of all the trailer parks I was going to be stopping at to pick kids up from. Okay. Um, I walk into the children's ministry office. I remember I went on the back door, like that back door right there off of, uh, Avenue or, or no, uh, what's that street right there? Boulevard. Yeah. Right off of Boulevard. Yeah. Walk in, meet a couple people over here, walk to like the front desk area. And there's this girl sitting there. And at the time her name was Stephanie Brechtow. And I look at her and I'm like, Holy crap, this chick's hot. <laughs> and as I'm looking at her right before I uh, like go meet her, like literally heard God tell me, like, there she is. Wow. Like day one of Washington, like there she is, which is terrible because like this, all we get uh, the story of how we actually got to actually be able to start courting is a, is a story in and of itself. Um, but I was like, really? Like sweet. All right. Like sweet. So I, I'm, I met her and, um, but then yeah, eventually after we got married is we got married and then went into full-time ministry as youth pastors in the same month. Oh, wow. So we got married June 7th, went, uh, in, in 2009, just two years later and came back after two weeks from our honeymoon and we were the full-time junior high pastors. How long did you do that? Did that for four years? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, years was this down? That would have been 2009 through 13. And you're how old in 2009? 23. Okay. Yeah. So, and that was, gosh, man, that was so cool. I mean, towards the end, I mean, we were having like 130 to 150 G hires every weekend. Right on. Um, it was so cool. Um, but then like the Lord told us to go start a CrossFit gym because, and we went to start it because I was convinced. All, and this is a time I'm like, Man, there are so many people that will never walk through a door of a church that mm -hmm. mean Jesus, mm -hmm. but they might go into a gym. Sure. 
And at the time, I'm like all about CrossFit. Like I am just like hook, line, sinker in CrossFit. What got you into that? Uh, <laughs> one of my friends was a ranger. Uh, I grew up with in California, the church I went to. Okay. I went to church with him. And years later, I found out that Fort Lewis. He, he was up at JBLM. Yeah. And we we connected and we go to the 24-hour fitness they had on the west side. Okay. And he's like, hey, you ever heard of this workout called Fran? And I'm like, dude, I have no idea. He's like, you ever heard of CrossFit? I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? He's like, bro, it's how all of us Rangers and how all my SEAL buddies trained. And I was like, let's bring it, dude. Yeah. I've been lifting for years. Sure. So he starts doing the work. We start doing the workout. And I'm, dude, I'm a minute and a half in. I'm literally like in 24 hour fitness, like because I'm going to die. <laughs> and I couldn't even complete the workout. I couldn't even, he, he finishes the workout before I get halfway through and I couldn't even finish it. Yeah. And then I was sore for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, that was awesome. <laughs> and we started doing it more. Uh, it was just cool. It was a different training methodology than I was ever used to. Yeah. So uh, it was super cool. And then all in from there. Yeah. Just all in from there. We, I mean, we started the gym in, I mean, the whole thing for us was a ministry. I guess, yes, it was my first business, but it, for me, I'm like, I want to see people come to know Jesus Yeah, in this. I want to, I want to see people that don't know Jesus meet Jesus through our gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we start going, I mean that, and that was the starting that, oh my gosh, that was, that was hell. Like the, I mean, we started out of our house. It was a pretty quick transition between ministry and business. Okay. Um, we ended up losing everything. So we lost our house that we, our first house that we bought. Um, we got our cars repossessed. I mean, there were, I mean, I remember there was mornings where we waking up, Steph would go take a shower. She's like, babe, there's no water. Mm. And then I'd walk outside to go look at the garage. And there was a notice on there from the, you know, it, I mean, our electricity got turned off a bunch of times. Our water got turned off. Uh, we got both of our cars repossessed. One of them twice. One of them, they got repossessed twice. We'd actually moved in with Steph's parents. And Steph, dude, it was the most humiliating moment in my life. Uh, uh, like Steph's mom comes like downstairs like hey cody there's a tow truck outside towing your car like is something wrong with it i'm like running out there and i'm like dude like could you not like take this man like we're just like i we're just behind dude he's like sorry dog like gotta do it and i'm like not my department yeah i'm like cool you might just grab a couple things out real quick and he's like sure and let's grab some crap out of it and that was good um but we lost everything Mm -hmm. and another i mean it was another moment very similar to have my dad i had my brother um, he, he like, here's everything. And he's like, so I know God told you to do this. Sure. Right. He's like, and very cynical. Like, I know God told you to do this. Uh, but he goes, when is enough enough? Well, and this is when we lost it. Um, you know, um, and it was a very similar response. Like, and this is four or five years later. Sure. You know, um, and I remember telling, I look back, I was like, I'll stop doing what God tells me. When he stops me telling when he's when he tells me to stop doing it. Sure. And he's like, dude, you've lost everything. What seriously? I was like, God told me to do this, dude. I'll stop doing it when God tells me to stop doing it. Yeah. And he was like, okay, it makes no sense. Um, so eventually we kind of, you know, we grow the business and we're able to get back in the apartment and all that stuff. And um, gosh, at this time we had three kids. We start, Steph was pregnant with Luke when we started. With your third? Yeah. Okay. So he was, I mean, bro, having our third baby in the middle of starting a business and then losing everything, mm. like it's, some people could very easily like look at how Steph and I handle um, struggle 
and just think like, oh, your wife must be just really passive aggressive or you just must be really domineering and just like really dominate your wife to make her submit, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, did you guys have no idea the hell we've walked through? Sure. Like no idea. And I remember even at night, I mean, laying in bed, pulling up the bank before we got lost the house, you know? And I'm like, babe, I don't want any food or anything, but like we have nothing, you know? And we're laying in bed. And I remember her just laying over me, leaning over and being like, it's okay. Got on my boy. And I'm like, gosh. So gosh, on the gym for three, four years. Um, at that point we'd grown it to be, it was like one of the biggest CrossFit gyms in Bolivia. So this is what you've got restarted. You got an actual facility. Yeah. I mean, a facility and a bunch of crap happened and it, a series of unfortunate circumstances led ultimately to the point where I'm like, dude, like I'm at the gym from three 4 o'clock in the morning till like nine o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. I got three kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, yeah, we're making good money now, but dude, I got three kids at home. I, I do not want to be studying all day. Just be tight. Um, yeah, we'll have to finish this one as soon as we get on the call. Part two to this one. Yeah, that'll we'll, yeah, be a part two. Um, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. And so we just literally closed it because I'm like, dude, there was another gym in town that we were looking at selling the business to. Mm -hmm. um, but then eight, literally within like a couple week period of time, a couple of things happened at the gym that like, I was like, I'm not even dealing with this. I'm over it. We're done. Gotcha. So then I hopped around from, I went worth the WSCCU, the credit union for my about a good year. And then, um, uh, we'll say, I mean, I suppose the rest of it, cause there's some other good juicy stuff after that. Cool. Um, that get more, they get a lot more into like the heart for, well, I've always had Harvard ministry, but really where I think a lot of the desire for like the art society came from and even just how I am as a human now, uh, came a lot. There was, there's was a lot that was formed in those following years till now. Uh, so we'll do that. Jake. Perfect flipping. Jeez. What? Yeah. So awesome. Man, I don't know if I've talked through that, all of that, that, like that much detail. I've heard bits and pieces, but honestly, we've never sat yeah. and done quite this. So yeah, it's going to be a, wow. Yeah. A little trip down memory lane. Yeah. It's weird. I'm actually getting like pictures in my head Yeah, of like, oh yeah, that, that that's way exactly where I was. And that's what it looked like. Crazy. What was funny is you're saying dates and stuff, so it's especially well, even while you're in California still, I was like certain dates and years. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I probably saw the correlations, but awesome. Well, hey man, thanks for sharing all that. Yeah, I know some of it's, you know, there's some wins there. There's some downs there. You know, uh, thanks for being all open and honest, right? Absolutely. Talk about having hot conversations. Yeah. Uh, honest, open and transparent. Right. Yep. And I think it's really valuable because no one's got to figure it out. Yeah. We've all, uh, we all learned from each other ups and downs. Yeah. Right. I, I just tell my brothers all the time, like, Hey, learn from my mistakes. Yeah. Let me do the hard lifting, you know, heavy lifting for you. And let's, let's, uh, see if we can learn something from where I fell short. Absolutely. Right. So, uh, you know, but at the same time, be able to praise even at the same time, you know, lift, be thankful for what God's done in our lives. And when we see that it's a good grace and yeah, that direction. So that's freaking awesome. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, I know this is a little bit different today. Hope you guys like that. Let us know. It's 
if you don't want to hear part two, I guess <laughs> we should we should do part two to get it over with this way because the part two gets juicy. Right, on. part two is very juicy. I mean, we had three more kids, yeah, and then lived and then had more states. states, three more states. Yep, uh, yep. So there's there's a lot that happened. All following after God's will. Yeah, little little dabble in the fire service. Yep, all kinds of stuff. Back yeah. in church. Yep, it's it's a come full circle. Tips out. So yeah, and we still got more to go, baby. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, as always, you know, share, like, be able to support us in, in that way. Cody's got some great books. Uh, if you're looking, find uh, ways to be a better husband and uh, for your wife. Uh, there's also 28 Days of Prayer uh, for your wife as well. Definitely recommend those. You can go to Iron Society Supply Supply.com to find those. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing. And uh, we'll uh, do this again next week. Sounds good, dude. Same time. All right. All right. Sweet. Guys, have a good one. Out. Hey, one thing before you go, if you got any value out of today's episode, we would so appreciate a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, as well as, hey, take a picture with your phone of you listening, take a screenshot and post it to social media. Go ahead and tag me at Cody Chapman, and you can tag Nick as well at the Nick Milligan. Also, if you want to learn more about the Iron Society, you can head on over to ironsociety.co to learn more. We'll see you next week.